0: I think it was Charles Kingsley, that notable 19th century clergyman and novelist, who said, there are more ways of killing a cat than choking it to death with cream. I leave it to you to decipher exactly what he meant to suggest by that. I bring it up only because this is the story of a cat with many lives, who at length, without violence, had to end his career.
1: The police are coming back.
0: You'd better report it
1: to
2: him, Nicole. No, Josh. But if you love me and you want to marry me, say nothing. Let me do the talking.
3: Ah, uh, mademoiselle. I see you waited. Oh, uh,
2: you didn't find the
3: man you were chasing? No, as usual. He has given us this slip. Who is he? I wish we knew. A burglar who roams the rooftops like a cat. <laughs> that is the police force's only name for him. Les Chats.
0: Our mystery drama, The Cat is Dead, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Marion Seldes and Ian Martin. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. people watcher. I mean, whenever you pass or sit with others on the street, a bus, wherever, can you resist the impulse to speculate who your fellow travelers are, what they do, what kind of people they are? For example, we're on flight 843, bound from New York to Paris, and across the aisle is a tall, slim, still stunning woman in her early fifties. Beside her in the window chair is a ramrod straight all whipcord and steel man, whose age is only attested to by his almost silver white hair. Who would you guess them to be? Well, why guess? We're about to find out. Mickey. Mickey.
2: Mm. I'm awake, Josh. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure your belt was fastened. The sign's up. I didn't have to see it. I felt us losing altitude. You? Oh, I never take mine off, Habit. I love you. Because
3: I keep my seatbelt fastened. Mm-mm.
2: Just habit. Now there's a left-handed compliment. Well, I mean, after 30 years. No, Josh, not even a gentle can make me fall into habit. I wake up to it fresh every morning. What time is it? Mm, 5 a.m. Paris time. Midnight our time. American. Happy anniversary, dearest
3: Ditto hmm. 30 years
2: How's Paris? Hmm? You were looking at it out the window Oh, Paris,
3: incredible as always What is the uh, most juste?
2: Hmm? Formidable No, 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 for coming to our other home oh, Mine, not yours Except that I am American now And part of me will always be what you were, my French siren. Oh, thank you, Charles. It is the most wonderful 30th anniversary present you can give me. Already, I feel 23 again, or younger. Well, that makes two of us.
3: Oh, Nicole. Never ask a general to defend war. Except me. Because the war brought me you.
2: Vive la guerre. Vive la résistance. Because it brought me you. Darling, oh, mommy. Well,
3: he should be down any minute. He's gone into his approach. We don't have anything to declare, do we? No. Why should we? Oh, I don't know if I like that hesitation. Are you up to something? Don't
2: you trust me?
3: Wouldn't yet? I be a fool if I did it all the way? You know you manipulate me like a puppet.
2: Why, Brigadier General Josh Maynard, I declare, how can you talk that way? Oh, oh,
3: oh. <laughs> Nicole Lottier, where did you get that phony salad? It you?
2: wasn't phony. All right. <laughs> well, pretty good.
3: But, um, I still want to know about the hesitation.
2: Oh, that pause was only because I wasn't quite sure what it was you thought I ought to declare Shall I tell the customs officer, if he asks me, that I love you? Oh, all right, forget it, forget
3: it. The only reason I ask is that I'm so anxious to get to the hotel, unpack and start prowling all the old haunts. You uh, don't mind being on the left bank?
2: Oh, Josh, we're here to return to the past and make it live again. That's the best present you could have given me for my 30th anniversary. To get rid of all those 30 years and to go back as near as we can to where it all began.
3: on the agenda for today.
2: Oh, nothing, rien, pas de tout. We're on vacation. <laughs> Why don't you munch a croissant or a brioche? Let me read my journal.
3: What's in the news?
2: Oh, who knows? Who cares? I'm in the back pages. I thought maybe we could have a look at what's playing at a Comédie Française, or maybe.
3: Or what? L'Opéra? For oh, l'Ibergeur? The Capiton?
2: Attendez. Oh, how easily we slip into the path. Wait a minute.
3: Well, what's the matter? It's
2: something I just ran across in the obituaries. Listen. Monsieur Paul Etienne Cramois, mayor of Montcarnet, a small town in Normandy, died quietly last night in his sleep. Mayor Cramois, prominently identified after World War II as a leader in the resistance, had been known for some time to be suffering from a heart condition. (laughs) As well he should. What? Never mind. That settles it. Settles what, Nicky? We've been talking about making a memory tour of Normandy, haven't we?
3: We decided not to, I thought. Well,
2: now we can't. We have got to go back. Back to Montcarnay.
3: Oh, I was afraid of this. Back to
2: Montcarnet?
3: Are you crazy, Nicole?
2: Darling, don't you remember? Yes,
3: too damn vividly. Look, Nicky, in spite of time, 30 years, technically we are still accessories after the fact and liable for arrest. Not me, I'm an American, but you... Well, you know, the French still consider you a citizen of La Belle Republique on their soil. It's crazy. Just give me one solid, sensible reason for returning to Carmel.
2: I have to, because I have something to return. You see, Georges, for all that happened to us there, I never told you the full story.
3: Oh, happy anniversary. Now she's ready to tell me one generation later... Look, let me billboard it for you. Once upon a time, a long time ago, a war was fought to make the world safe for democracy. That was its particular slogan. Its number was World War II. The only point I would care to make for it is that one day, at long last, it ended. And a sexy, sensational, loving young woman named Nicole Ohtier, who had saved the life of a young pilot who had crashed in
2: France... And whose name was Josh Maynard. You know, you were the only one I helped pass through the underground and back to the 8th Air Force that made me want to defect and keep you in France, even in German-controlled France. Oh,
3: you don't mean that. Well, of course
2: not. It's just that I... I loved you, and I still do.
3: Well, do you think after I met you I was that eager to get back to Great Britain and start flying again and trying to get myself killed?
2: That was the best part. I mean, that you
3: didn't get killed. Well, obviously. Now, where was I?
2: After the war, thank heaven.
3: Oh, yes. When I found you again, and I was still trying to persuade you to marry me...
2: Well, I wasn't sure I had enough to offer you. And faith it, you were not all that sure about me. in the excitement... I knew of what there, I wanted. You thought you knew. No. Listen. Montcarmé has settled it for us. Don't you remember? After E Day, when we got together at last, we took that trip by car through Normandy. Oh,
3: how could I forget? All
2: right. And it all started with us getting lost. Oh, what a lovely night in autumn it was. The moon riding high, tossed like a ship at sea on scudding clouds. 1946. Over 30 years ago. Lights ahead, Josh. We're coming to a town. Town? Oh, yeah. It ought
3: to be uh, Montcarni, according to the map.
2: Why are you stopping? It's a
3: guy on a bicycle. Maybe you could recommend a ponsoon.
2: Oh, we're in luck. Who could be better? It's a gendarme.
3: Hey, uh, Monsieur
2: Gendarme the poor man, so he almost
1: fell off the bicycle. You called
3: me, monsieur? Yeah. I'm sorry I startled you. Uh, very am, monsieur. <laughs> sorry if I barged into the middle of your concert. Ah, pas de quoi. After all, all right. I paid nothing for the ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, but, but enough. May I be of assistance? Oh, yes. We uh, we haven't been here for many years. And so
2: many
3: things have changed. So we thought by now we would have been... Um...
2: In mon carnet. Ah,
3: mon carnet. But you are almost there. We would
2: like to stay overnight. There must be an inn or a pension.
3: Uh, you and your wife? Uh, no, not my wife. My name is Maynard. I'm a major in the Eighth Air Force.
2: Ah, then
3: bienvenue, Monsieur Major. And uh, this is my fiancée, Nicole Autier. Nicole Autier? Oh, dear. Maman, s'il vous
1: plaît, my lantern. Oh. It is very more you, mademoiselle.
2: You know me?
1: Know you? For young. I remember so many, many years ago, you used to
2: sing in Paris at Le paris no? Oh, I just filled in. I was not known. Oh, you were to me. You are kind to remember me. How could
1: one forget how you sang? I was, of course, covered with shame. Why? Oh, évidemment... I should have known who I was worshipping. Uh, but those were the years of the war, and the whole world was upside down.
2: Are you still singing? Oh, so I... I have found a better career. Ah,
1: oui. L'avenue d'amour. <laughs> c'est votre mari, ce soldat américain.
2: No, no, this young American soldier is still my fiancé.
3: But you've got the right idea, gendarme. Marry is what I want to be.
1: (laughs) You would be lucky, monsieur l'American. And I think you too, petite chanteuse. These will be bad times for France after the war. Marry him and go to les Etats Unis.
2: I'm going to take your advice, I think. But first, monsieur le gendarme, we need some place to stay for tonight. Oh,
1: of course. Mille pardon. Uh, Voyons. If you are to reside in Montcarnay, there's only one choice. Roberge, down the road, next turn to the right, drive one kilometer to the heart of town. You cannot miss it on the left. Very small, uh, but for Les Amis, très à propos.
3: Well, if it's right for lovers, it's sure right for us. Finally found it. Well, it's my fault. I should have made you turn left. I never can learn the difference between droit and gauche.
2: <laughs> in the world to come for the rest of our lifetime, I think you'd better.
3: Well, I don't know about the right, but I don't expect to be bearing that far left.
2: It's no time for a political discussion. <laughs> we need accommodation for the night. Go, see. It's pretty dark. Well, it's pretty late. Now, go in and, and see if you can wake up the concierge. He. Aren't you coming with me? No, I think I'll just stay for a moment and look at the moon.
3: OK, moon lover. Won't be a minute.
2: Oh, clair de la lune, mon ami Pierrot, ouvrez-moi ta peau. What? pour l'amour de Dieu, je vous en prie. Nico. Oh, but what is it? What's wrong? No
1: time. For the sake of old days, I beg you, hide me. From whom? And the police. Where?
2: In your car. I will lie on the floor in the back. I have no fear, Jean. You will be safe.
3: Uh, Madame stop uh, pardon me, but uh, did a man run past you? A
2: man? What man?
3: A thief. I'm sure he came this way. I was following him.
2: Oh, oh, yes, the man who was running. He he turned. I saw him turn that corner. Down that way. Et deux bois.
3: Did you see him? No, Lieutenant. Well, this lady, see, said he came your way and turned but the coma. I just came from there. Ah, mademoiselle, we meet again. You know this lady. Can you vouch for her? <laughs> With my life, Lieutenant.
1: A young
3: thief. He must have run off the road. And well, Perhaps uh, he could be in the car. I have the door closed, I thought.
2: Oh, look, if you want. I-, I just got out when I heard all the excitement. Oh.
1: I know the mademoiselle. You can trust her. Quickly, mon lieutenant, or le chat will escape.
3: Very well. But I warn you, mademoiselle, do not leave. We'll be back to ask you some questions. All right, Jean. They have gone.
1: <laughs> like old times, eh? Yes, Jean. But what? If... And no time for words, my chérie. Only for this. God bless
2: you. Au revoir. Au revoir, Jean. But why should it be like old times when the war is over for more than a year? Or is it?
0: So, now we know who the people we were watching are today. And we're beginning to know who they were over 30 years ago. Before they became Brigadier General Joshua Maynard and his wife Nicole, who once was a member of the French underground. We've opened a door. Want to come into the past with me and find out where the story began all those years ago? If you do, I'll be back to escort you with Act Two. Nicole in the year 1946 gazing after the two French policemen who were chasing a man named Jean Barreur whom she had just hidden from them and that the moment they were out of sight she had released the man from the car where he was hidden that he had embraced her fervently kissed her and vanished also into the night now Josh a major in the U.S. Air Force still in uniform in those days comes rushing out of the inn to her
3: Nicole! Nicole, are you all right? I'm
2: Do not worry. But I heard shots. No, not at me. Oh,
3: what was it all about? Just after the cops ran off, I saw you helping some guy
2: out of our car. Listen to me quickly and understand. I have just aided a man to escape from the police. What? Why in the name? Don't ask questions, Josh, please. This man who escaped, we were in the underground, the resistance together. His name is Jean Barrère.
3: Okay, the resistance. That was the war and you had to choose up sides. But now, Nicky, you don't know what this guy is done. He could have murdered someone. No,
2: not Jean. Well,
3: come on, he didn't kill anyone during the resistance. It was different.
2: In peace, Jean could not harm a soul. He's too gentle, too kind, too... What would you say? Moral. No, I know him too well. Now, clincher, I saw
3: you know him very well. I think you're crazy to take any
2: chances. In the old days... Such a short time ago, we took many chances together, Jean and I. You were one of them, although you never knew him.
3: You mean when I crashed during the Stuttgart raid, he helped you and the others smuggle me out and back to England? He
2: was the one who picked you up when you parachuted down. He risked his life for you dragging an unconscious man in daylight right under the noses of the Germans to one of our hideouts. So my hat's off
3: to him, but these are different times. What
2: different times? To help any member of the underground is simply a reflex action. As tonight, and at any time, I would trust Jean with my life. I would always be sure that.
0: but
3: what? what
2: is it? Something in the pocket of my coat. He must have slipped it there when he embraced me. What? A diamond necklace. Shh! Now, the police are coming back. You better report it to. No, but if you love me, if you ever want to marry me, say nothing. Let me do the talking.
3: Ah, uh, Mamselle. You waited. That is good.
2: You didn't find the man you were tracing?
3: No. As usual, he has given us this slip.
2: who is he?
3: Oh, I wish we knew. We know him only as the Shah. But uh, Guillaume tells me that you and he are old friends. Oh, More, you, you know, I... I don't no claims, of course, an
1: acquaintance.
2: Anyone who has sung together at the Lapin Agile is an old acquaintance.
3: <laughs> Je vous remercie. And uh, your compagnon? Major Manor, 8th Air Force, and flight, Ah, C'est beau. The 8th Air Force was the savior of France. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would. So you and Mme are beyond reproach. I was going to ask to search your car. Oh, go ahead, go on. Yes. on what
2: is all this excitement g- about?
3: Uh, during the past few months, Mademoiselle, we have had a series of robberies in our town I by a no man who can no climb buildings I as think. quickly and surely as he can.
1: Since we do not know
3: his name, that's what we call him Le Chat. But
2: what happened tonight?
3: Tonight, he robbed again. And again, as usual, gave us the sleep. Will uh who? will you be staying here for tonight, mademoiselle? Josh? Oh yeah, they, they have two rooms open for us.
2: But why, Lieutenant?
3: The chief police will want to see you personally, because believe me, we are determined to catch and punish this man, Leshar. For he is a thief of the most formidable. Nicole It's Josh.
2: Just a moment.
3: Look, I have to talk to you. Is that all? Hmm?
2: Haven't you noticed? I've changed since dinner.
3: Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, You look... uh, Look, can I come in?
2: I shouldn't let you after the way you brush aside all the trouble I've gone to. To make myself look beautiful for you. I've been getting stewed about this whole thing, and for the last few hours... Josh, please. We discussed it after the police left... We agreed to get settled in the hotel and forget about it for tonight. But for Pete's sake, don't you recognize that you're
3: compounding a felony? That you're making yourself an accessory after the fact? Yes. All right. So now will you march right down to the police station, turn in the necklace, and identify this this uh, Jean Barreur as the thief?
2: No. What? Oh, don't you see, George, it's a little late for that. I am already an accessory after the fact, whatever you call it. Yes, but... Oh, I
3: don't know. I give up. What are you going to do, then?
2: Something else I learned in the underground. What? Wait. For what? For Jean to get in touch with me. I'm quite sure he will.
3: Oh, and then I suppose you'll just turn the necklace over to him, no questions asked.
2: I don't know. It depends on what Jean will tell me. Oh,
3: fine. Well, I just hope they run a clean jail in Montcarnet and the chow's up to scratch.
2: Oh, darling, don't be mad at me. It's very late and we should get some sleep. But tomorrow this will all be straightened out. And then we'll talk about our plans for the future.
3: I wish I could be as sure of that as you pretend to be. I mean, it isn't even so much this crazy thing you've done as the the guy himself. What do you mean? Well, the way you act, you could almost be in love with him.
2: I'm in love with you, Josh. Can't you trust me?
3: Yes, but you do sort of crumple it around the edges.
2: Trust isn't a matter of degree. It is all or nothing. You either have it or you haven't.
3: You know something, you Yeah, quite right. Okay. I'll back you all the way down the line.
2: That's all I need to know. Now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Happy? Mm,
3: moderately. Ah, uh, what now? I just can't help asking one more question. Were you ever... In love with this guy? I mean, these last couple of years during the resistance, like a fellow says, in those days...
2: In those days, we were all in love, Josh. But not with each other. We were in love with a cause. Good night, darling.
1: In the window. C'est Jean. Jean? Uh, sh- 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 a moment. Uh, now, close it. Vite. Uh, bien. Draw the curtain. Uh, so, <laughs> now we are safe enough. You answered my signal quickly. I was waiting for you. I knew you'd come. How could you be sure it was... The old one. Beethoven?
2: Why did you come?
1: To thank you for what you did for me earlier tonight. There are no words.
2: None needed between old comrades and arms. How many times you have saved my life?
1: pourquoi? What time do you have?
2: Quarter to five.
1: Mm. It'll be light in a few minutes. I have to go. And this time it must be adieu.
2: That's all you came for? To bid me goodbye?
1: Of course. And to get the necklace, obviously. You found it? I found it in my pocket. Then may I have it, please?
2: No questions asked.
1: There never were in the past. Must we start
2: now? Oh, times have changed, my dear. Is the necklace yours? No. Was it stolen from someone last night? Yes. And have you stolen other things recently?
1: Yes. Let me show you something. Here. Here. Pictures of my wife, my children. You never knew about them. You see, during the war, we were individuals. People with only a false name. No background, no future. But now, you see, here in Montcarnay, I am a man of position. The slightest whisper of scandal might ruin me. The best for you, for me, is to give me the necklace, leave Montcarnay, and forget what has happened. I have involved you enough already. Please, give me the necklace and leave Montcarnet forever.
2: And the police?
1: If you say nothing more, there's nothing that they can hold you for.
2: I will give you the necklace on one condition.
1: And that is?
2: That you will return it and everything else you have stolen to the rightful owners.
1: To the rightful owners?
2: The people they were originally stolen from. Do you agree?
1: I agree. But it will take time.
2: Why? 24 hours should be enough. Right?
1: Yes. That should be enough time to complete everything. Then what?
2: I have promised to stay here in Montcarnay till the chief of police returns. He's out of town till tomorrow night. I have no choice till he returns because the lieutenant is very suspicious of me. And of the way you disappeared. So, you have until the day after tomorrow.
1: And if the stolen property has not been returned by then?
2: I will tell the chief of police everything I know.
1: Eh bien. I shall give you my word that if you are not satisfied that the property is back in the right hands, I myself will confess to the thefts and you will not be involved. Will it... Who's that? I don't know, but... It could be the police. I must go.
2: Wait here. The necklace.
1: Up here Now the window. And uh, my thanks, I commend you to Le Bon Dieu.
2: It is you who needs the commending. Hurry. Nikki. Nikki, you all right? Huh? Oh who, who is it? Josh. Just a minute. Well, hurry. I'm coming. What is it, Josh? Come in.
3: I don't know. I thought I heard voices in here. Were you, were you talking to someone?
2: Uh, yes. Oh. Jean. Yes. Where is he? He's gone. The window? Yes.
3: And the necklace? He's
2: gone. With him. Nikki,
3: Nikki, What are you letting yourself in for? The man is a
2: thief. No, perhaps. But he was a comrade and a patriot. He deserves a chance to redeem himself. What chance? He has promised to return everything he has stolen within 24 hours. I gave him that chance. You trusted him? I trusted him. I can only hope he will not fail my trust.
0: Anytime time you reach for a quote, it's odds-on that it will be from the Bible or William Shakespeare. This time it's from the latter. And we're going to take the liberty of substituting one word. The quote, Misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellows. Change misery to war, and do you have a true description of Nicole's old comradeship with Jean? Or is he really an honest man who will live up to his promise? I shall return shortly... Examining that quote again... Misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellows. There is perhaps one other word... that has a bearing on our tale... which affects only one in our cast of characters. Remember that we are back in the year 1946... that Josh is a young man deeply in love with... but not yet married to Nicole. So suppose we paraphrase the quote thus... War acquaints a woman with strange bedfellows. And with that in mind, we can understand Josh's fury as he bursts into Nicole's room the following day.
2: Josh!
3: What's the matter? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. I just thought you might like to see the
2: afternoon paper. (laughs) Don't tell me we're back at war.
3: Just read it and
2: weep. The shock prowls again. Daring robbery yields him over... Oh, 100,000 francs.
3: Yeah. There's your knight in shining armor. Not only has he failed to return all the things he has stolen, as he promised, but he laughed at you and did it again. But, uh,
2: I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I would have trusted Jean with my life.
3: And you've trusted him with part of it anyway. Nicole, if you have to confess your share in this, I don't see how you can stay out of jail. What are you going to tell the chief of police?
2: I don't have to tell him anything. Yet.
3: Oh, you've got to be kidding. Nicole, what were you and Jean Barreux to each other that you still can trust him?
2: Comrades in arms
3: and nothing else. That gets a little hard to swallow when you're willing to go this far out on a limb for him. And if you think I'm going to stand by and see a generous impulse get you in trouble...
2: No need. A few more hours, I can cut myself free. I gave Jean 24 hours, and I will live up to that. And then I'll... I'll go to the chief of police.
3: Mademoiselle the chef de police will see you now. Very well. I'm going with you.
2: Uh, why? Are you afraid I won't tell the truth?
3: I'm sorry, Monsieur Menard. But the chef wishes to see the Bois de Too bad about him. I'm still going along. Please,
2: Josh, don't make a fuss.
3: Okay, I don't like it, but.
2: Okay. Just keep your fingers crossed. Hello, Lieutenant? Uh, What
3: is the name of your ship, please? Capitaine Georges Gérard. Permettez-vous. Capitaine Gérard.
1: Mademoiselle Nicole Autier. Thank you. Come and Lugos. Oui, mon capitaine. Capitaine Gérard. Jean-Pierre Gérard. My name.
2: But you are Jean. Jean Jean-Berard. What are you doing here?
1: I belong here. Because my true name is Georges Gérard. And I am chief of police of Montcarnet. Like most others, during the resistance, I did not use my real name. You knew me only as Jean Beret.
2: But you actually are chief of police here in Montcarnet. Yes. And you are also the criminal Le Chat, who committed a fresh robbery last night.
1: Quite correct. I could not explain fully to you... Because this one last job remained to be accomplished. And, as you so correctly pointed out, values have changed.
2: Now, just what does that mean?
1: I was no longer sure that you would recognize the same values as I.
2: Well, one value I do recognize is a promise. Evidently, you don't. That the money and the jewel should be returned to their rightful owners. Well, have they?
1: I shall let you be the judge. Enfin. Let me explain. As perhaps I should have done before. As you know, situated where we are, Montcarnet was the resistance movement. Until our underground was wiped out when one of our members betrayed us. He is since dead and matters no longer. But the rest of us had to escape. Many of us were helped by neighbors. Some betrayed. But... Like everything else in the world, nothing is black and white. What do you mean? I mean that some of us were forced to deal with the gray people. Those who are willing to help us escape, but for a price. Mon no dear to feast and grow fat on the desperate and the helpless. That is to forfeit all claim upon
2: humanity and its rights. The gray people. These are the people you have been robbing.
1: Here is a list of the stolen goods. Holland. Let me show you. Stolen last night from Le Maître, the jeweler. 200,000 francs in diamonds. The price to the very sou that this jackal demanded from my friend Moret to hide him in the back of his car and drive him through the German patrols to Holland and safety. Moret, who risked his life a thousand times for France and who lives now blind and alone in Paris... Here is another, 250,000 francs stolen from Blanche, the printer, the price of a forged card d'identité to enable Pierre Dunois to escape. Pierre, long since dead, but leaving behind him a wife and three children without resources, with little future, less hope. I could go on down the list, but must I tell all the other sad and tragic stories... They are substantially the same.
2: No, no, no need. Except the necklace.
1: The necklace. A bribe to Paul Etienne Cramois. At this moment, our esteemed mayor of Moncarny. Blood money to secure my own escape. Except that it will never be turned into money. It was... It was... My mother's. That cannot be returned to its... Right for Honor, since my beloved mother is dead. She has no need for it. Here it is. I couldn't bear for it to be owned for greed in place of love. Well, there you have it, Nicole. For myself I have no regrets. I will stand on my own values of right and wrong. But for my wife and children, I am afraid. And for the good job I believe I have done here otherwise as chief of police. So, it's up to you. You can save me
2: or ruin
1: me. Which shall it be?
2: You make a very hard choice for me, Jean. You ask me to condone crimes, whatever good they were committed for. You ask me to join you in setting yourself above the law. You ask me to trust you for the future. To accept your word that your uh, private crusade is finished. You ask a great deal. See, si. I, I see that I ask too much.
1: I want you to leave now, Nicole. And as soon as you are gone, I, I will surrender myself to the lieutenant of police and. Admit my crime.
2: No, Jean. Sit down again, please. I have something to do first. I wish to make a statement. Would you send for a stenographer? And may I have a witness? He's waiting outside. Who? My future husband. Major Josh Maynard. Josh, this is the Chief of Police, Gérard. With you as witness. And aware that a transcript is being made of all I say. I wish to make a statement. Three nights ago, a man named Jean Barrère came running down the street in front of a hotel with the police chasing him. Because of my past knowledge of this man, believing in him and his basic morality, I helped him to escape from the police.
3: Mickey, hold it. Uh, don't do this. Wait, wait till you have a lawyer.
2: Please, Josh. On thinking things over, in spite of the fact that I believe this man, in my heart, is innocent of any crime, I decided the best thing to do was to make this confession to the police and, having identified the man, leave it up to them to trace and find him. That is all.
1: Uh, one more thing, mademoiselle. What did you say the man's name was?
2: Jean. Oh, uh, Jean Barrère. Monsieur Gérard
1: Then I can promise you If this Jean Barret Ever shows his face again He will be punished to the full extent of the law And
2: Am I free to leave Monsieur Gérard Yes,
1: mademoiselle Free to leave Oh, uh, just one more thing
2: Yes
1: Mon ami American! You are in love with this young lady <laughs> Too darn right Then I ask you to forgive me this. I have stolen a kiss, young man. I saw you flinch. But believe me, oh, please believe me. Sometimes there are urgent reasons for stealing. I don't get it. (laughs) Perhaps not. But I'm sure your bride-to-be understands. I will leave it to her to explain. Only... Let me assure you, this was not a kiss out of passion, but out of love and respect.
2: So now, 30 years later, at last you have the whole story, Josh. And you can understand why when I pick up that paper and learn that the mayor of Montcarnay is dead, I have to go back to Montcarnay.
3: I'm sorry, honey, but I don't understand. Why do we have to go back there? It's past history.
2: Not quite.
3: Oh, you're so anxious to see Jean... whatever his name is again? No,
2: I have something to return. What? The necklace. It...
3: You mean you've had it all these years? As
2: long as the estimable mayor of Montcarnet was still alive. Obviously, Jean had no use for it. Since he
3: heisted it from the
2: mayor, I see your point. And besides, I thought it was a good idea to hang on to it as a guarantee of, well, Jean's good behavior.
3: (laughs) Okay, darling. You know, I can't refuse you anything.
2: Oh, I have to take
3: it to him. It was his mother.
2: And though she's long since dead, I think it belongs to his wife.
3: You know something?
2: What? I love you. Still, after 30 years of marriage.
3: After 70, 80, 100... And you you know how I can prove it? How? I'm still jealous of every other man now, today, tomorrow, and yesterday in your life. Like... Like what? Like... uh, When you see this cat burglar patriot top cop again, you, uh, you wouldn't be planning to return anything else, would you?
2: What, for example?
3: Well, for example, there's still the matter of that goodbye kiss he swarmed all over you.
2: (laughs) Thirty years ago, you still remember. (laughs) Yes, and
3: I still resent it.
2: Then I have a better idea. I will let you return it right now.
3: Oh, now you're talking.
2: Oh. Hmm. Well,
3: better than the uh, chief of police?
2: So much better, darling. That was a kiss that didn't have much respect, but it did have love and passion. We can always go to Montcarnay tomorrow. Hmm. Mm.
0: Never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Someone is responsible for that statement. Who? Benjamin Franklin? Ah, what does it matter? It's a piece of very specious wisdom, especially in a case like this, where love is concerned. Love is immediate, demanding, necessary, and should be taken while it can be had. So with that, we draw the final curtain on General Josh Maynard and his wife, Nicole. I'll be back
4: shortly. I'm Hyman Brown, producer-director of the Radio Mystery Theater. Before we continue with today's play, I'd like a word with the young people in our audience. When we went on the air with the Radio Mystery Theater, we were delighted to hear from so many of you, telling us how much you enjoyed our radio drama. Well... Now I have more good news for you and your parents, too. On February 5th and 6th, we're starting a new weekend drama series. It's the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater. Every Saturday and Sunday, we'll bring you two different radio plays, some based on famous books, plus many new and original stories never heard before. All will be filled with action, suspense, and adventure. The popular television star Tom Bosley will be our host each week. I hope you'll be looking forward to it as much as we are. And join with us for the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater starting February 5th on many of these stations. Radio Mystery Theater
0: was sponsored in part by Exlax and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre.